Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. I heard the voice of Mike Greenberg there saying, family over financials for LeBron got the big deal, but the deal he really wants to play with Bronny. Check back in a few years. Bronny is a high school sophomore at Sierra Canyon, a school that Key knows well. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. Normally on a day like this, we'd be starting with football, especially the morning after one of the great recent rivalries has been renewed, but... Oh, I thought you was about to say recent, uh, one of the great games. <laughs> well, that huh? game was I atrocious say that. yesterday. <laughs> yes, because as, as I was watching, I mean, you're the football expert. You played in the Super Bowl, but uh, if I had to sum it up in one sentence, it would be, man, the Steelers couldn't catch and the Ravens couldn't throw, but we'll talk about that at 6.15 in just about 15 minutes from now. But as I mentioned, if we're not talking about football at the top, something really big has happened, and that would be an NBA trade. Russell Westbrook traded to the Wizards in exchange for John Wall. Jay, I want to get your thoughts about it right away, just because it has been more than 700 days since John Wall has played in an NBA game. The day after Christmas in 2018, he's been injury-riddled here. Recently, Russell Westbrook reunited with Scotty Brooks, who was the coach when Russ won that MVP. What does the deal mean in your mind? Well, if I'm James Harden, I'm waking up today saying, get me the hell out of here. Get me out. I, I, need to, I need to go either to Philly. I need to go to Brooklyn. I need to get out of here because this is not what I signed up for. And I don't know if this makes me happy to be here in Houston long term. If I wake up and I'm Bradley Bill on the East Coast in D.C., I'm saying, oh, I think we have a chance to be top five in the East right now. Getting Brody to come here to D.C., getting Davis Bertans to sign a five-year, $80 million deal. This puts us almost in the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. So, look, I, I, I now look at Houston and I say, John Wall, I hope he comes back and has an incredible year, hasn't played since 2018, okay? He's injury-prone coming off that, that injury. You have DeMarcus Cousins, injury-prone coming off an injury. Now, that, that's an interesting team. If I'm Houston, if I'm Raphael Stone, How the GM, how much longer can you hold on to James Harden without him publicly becoming a disgruntled employee? So if he's at a post presser every single day, when you know he's going to be asked this question over and over and over again, are you happy here? Eventually Harden's going to tell you how he feels. Do you lose trade value the longer you hold on to him? Or now you're starting to look at the Brooklyn situation and say, hey, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, some future first round picks. Maybe that is enough for a guy like James Harden, because I feel like James Harden has given his heart and soul to Houston. James Harden deserves to have a shot at winning a world championship. And that will not occur in Houston. He has a better chance of doing that with Brooklyn or Philadelphia. Do the right thing for James Harden. Do the right thing for James. Do the right thing for James. I I look at it and say, you know what? This is kind of like for Westbrook going East and Wall going to Houston, they kind of just swapped contracts and players of that style to me. I mean, you get a healthy guy versus a guy that you really don't know a whole lot about unless they've had some private workouts of some sort on video where they've had an opportunity to see him bounce and run around where they could say, okay, I think we're getting a 2018 John Wall pre-injury, so we're okay with that. Boogie Cousins, on the other hand, uh, we know what that – not only from an injury standpoint, but also from an in-shape standpoint, what that's going to look like. Um, And in terms of James Harden, and I've always said this, and I will continue to say it until I die. Professional athletes, the moment that they tell organizations that they don't want to be there, the organization will try the best to move them. 
It just because you don't want to have a hostile situation inside of a locker room, especially with a, a young new head coach coming in to try to manage the situation. I don't care what he's done in his past previous stops with certain athletes and personalities, but to have a new head coach come in and you have a disgruntled player, not even, I don't want to call it disgruntled, a player that's just not really feeling what's going on because he's watching potentially what the Brooklyn Nets could be doing in James Harden or potentially what Philadelphia could be doing. And he's sitting back there saying, I could be a part of that, but you're holding me hostage when I don't want to be here. Um, I think Raphael Stone will get around to figuring out how to move James Harden. you got to go one piece at a time. It's too much to try to, you know, just uh, to, to, to digest when you have to deal with Westbrook, which was probably the easier deal to get done, and you got Harden, both of them on the same table, and you're trying to navigate through that. That's a lot. So you want to get one off the table. Now we could turn our attentions to James Harden and potentially a Philadelphia deal or potentially a Brooklyn Nets deal. You revisit that now and see where it goes. Let me tell you this. Right now with John Wall, because of the injury, uh, he slipped and fell at his home. He had a ruptured Achilles. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought Dustin Johnson was the only guy that could use that as an excuse if you're a golf fan out there. Um, but three years, $132 million. You don't exactly know what you're getting. You know Russ, obviously, is a huge deal that's worth more than $130 million left on his deal as well. But we know what we've gotten from Russell Westbrook. At this point, three well, years, 132 We don't know what we're going to get from Wall. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I just know somebody else who slipped and fell and then was out of work for two Man, days. Man, you almost got cussed out. Man. What? <laughs> what? He just, you slipped and fell the house you rolled your ankle you're out for two days i i that's all i'm saying dj <laughs> slipped and fell at augusta key slipped and fell in brooklyn <laughs> and john wall did angry? so in and around the district um, because you're trying to sell a narrative <laughs> no. to the people that's listening and looking as if i'm clumsy and non-athletic no you're extremely and I'm not, athletic and i'm not gonna have you doing that your to dog me. came underneath you and you didn't see him early in the morning i'm just saying <laughs> it happens it's feasible that's all no doubt. We're always having fun. So just quickly to go back, you don't know what you're going to get from Wall, as I mentioned, the 700 days, three years, 132. But let me ask you it from this particular standpoint, Jay, from an NBA perspective. The Wizards, this wasn't really talked about much because they haven't been talked about much. They were in the bubble. They played eight games. They lost seven of the eight games. It basically took them to their final game in the bubble till they won one. They've been off the national radar for years. The furthest they made it with Wall was the Eastern Conference semifinals. I'm not pinning that on Wall. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that this is a team that is need. There's a shot of adrenaline that needs to come into this team's arm. And <laughs> they to have just got somebody- it. With somebody as exciting as Westbrook, the playing at 100 miles an hour like Westbrook, the entertainment factor. I just think there's something there here for Washington, even though everybody's talking about what it means for Houston, the residual for Harden. For Washington, they need to be relevant, and this gives them some relevancy. And first off, to all the haters out there, Key, you know, everybody with all these different narratives, you were talking about narratives before. Well, you know, Brody isn't a guy that helps the culture of your team. That's wrong. Brody does help the culture of your team. Let's talk about what happened to him. He started off slow this year, okay? Then he came on hot. Then he got COVID, missed some time in the bubble, came into the bubble, did decently to come in, and then had an injury to his hamstring. I want you to hear the numbers that he finished the regular season with, averaging 27, eight rebounds per game, seven assists, all NBA third team. Now you pair him with a guy like Bradley Beal, that is one of the most prolific scorers we have in the game. Davis Bertans, another guy that shot 43% from the three-point line. 
the style and pace in which they're going to play in D.C., the Eastern Conference is wide open. I mean, look, the Nets are probably the favorite. You know, you have Milwaukee who's there. You have the Celtics who are there. You have the Miami Heat. Even though I think last year was a little bit of an anomaly, I don't think the Miami Heat go to the World Championship if it's not in the bubble. Uh, they didn't do a lot in free agency. I still like their team, but the Hawks made some moves. Bigger sex at Danilo Garnari. He comes to the Hawks. Uh, they they have the pieces, John. The council there. Trey Young is still there. Rondo. But Rondo's there now. But I, I think this team could finish top five in the East. In the East, No question. And that's proof the Wizards won the trade. As Jay says, it's totally wide open now in the East. Proof is brought to you by Pennzoil. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof's in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Last couple notes, the NBA season. The regular season begins December 22nd. So both of these teams have less than three weeks to try to integrate these two new pieces into their lineup. And for the casual NBA fan, Jay mentioned it, for the casual fan that doesn't know how good Bradley Beal is, we're about to find out with that combination with Westbrook and Beal and Beal finally getting the attention he deserves. On the way, they're the best football team in the world record-wise, for sure. The best team in the best league. But their head coach said last night they resembled... Your junior varsity high school football squad. Mm. Why would Mike Tomlin say that? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. That's it. The Steelers are 11-0 and have put Baltimore Ravens in the rearview mirror. 11-0 are the Steelers after beating the Ravens at home to finally wrap up Week 12. Were you okay that this game was played? Yeah, I mean, it's a football game. In football games, in football seasons, you're going to have adversity, and especially in 2020. Those last three voices, Sage Steele and Kevin Nagandi on SportsCenter speaking to Ryan Clark, the Steelers' Super Bowl champion. And the Steelers are certainly hoping they can get themselves another Lombardi, a sloppy, and I'm being generous, 19-14 win over the Ravens on Wednesday afternoon football, if you will, to improve to 11-0, the first team to start 11-0 since the 2015 Panthers, led by Cam. And that team, of course, eventually ended up going to the Super Bowl. Cam coming off an 84-yard passing performance. Yeah, Shows you how yeah. quickly five years can go. Keyshawn J. A win Zubin. is a win is a win. Indeed. And that's where I want to go with you in a second. That's your opinion. But this particular win is a win is a win. 
Not so much of a great win for Mike Tomlin. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I've said it for a million years. The second Tomlin decides to say, I am done, I am done coaching, whatever TV network can get his cell phone number first is going to hire him. The dude talks in sound bites. He talks in declaratives. He is amazing. He doesn't let you know exactly what he's thinking all the time, no shades of gray, and shading his squad after how sloppy they looked on offense defense, and special teams. Listen to this over the next 58 seconds. To be bluntly honest, man, I'm really disappointed in our performance tonight. Uh, We did enough to win, uh, but that's all. Um, It was really junior varsity, to be quite honest with you, Uh, and it was in all three phases. We couldn't run the ball effectively when we needed to. We dropped too many significant passes, very catchable, makeable passes. We didn't make significant plays in the special teams game. Our kickoff coverage unit wasn't good enough. We turned the damn ball over. Um, we gave up big plays in critical moments on defense. Can't have it. Uh, they converted a, a, a long run on a, on a possession down before the half. Unacceptable. They had a 70-yard touchdown late in the game. Unacceptable. And so um, we're, we're fortunate tonight. Um, it's good to, to proceed um, with the victory. I acknowledge that. Uh, but not a lot happened tonight to be proud of or to be excited about other than that. You had uh... – some uh, red zone failures and a number of drop passes. Uh, do, what do you attribute that to? Anything in particular? Us uh, sucking. <laughs> ah, I love him so much. No contract, no compromise. I do too. But after hearing that little diatribe there from Coach Tomlin, both of you in separate ways are saying, Coach, chill, bro. It's just one game. No, I'm not I'm not saying that. He, he's correct and he's right. I'm, I, I'm saying it's one game. They won the game. But when you look at everything from the first quarter – to the end of the game, they were not perfect, in, as he said, in any phase of the game. Whether it's McLeod fumbling uh, on the punt return, whether it's Big Ben fumbling or throwing an interception, or whether it's uh, 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 getting beat on a long play from Hollywood Brown, cutting back against the grain, uh, all of those sort of different things, whether it was RG3 scampering, whether it's the receiver Johnson dropping a number of passes. Uh, he plays receiver. You got to catch the ball, bro. Slants wide open, touchdown, Ben puts it on you. It's receivers in the league that would die to have that opportunity to score a touchdown. I get it. That's why I say they've got to clean this stuff up. They've got to show me something. If they plan on playing Kansas City, whether it's in Pittsburgh or Kansas City or neutral site, to beat Pittsburgh, I mean, to beat Kansas City, they've got to clean that up. Because whatever that was last night, if they take that, to Kansas City, when they play Kansas City, because I believe they will possibly be playing Kansas they're going to get run out the building. And I think Mike Tomlin knows that. That's why he's so passionate about, you know, communicating and, and letting everyone know that my team's not very good. We didn't, we didn't show anything last night. Not one thing in that game I walked away from saying, man, they're going to get Kansas City and run for their money. Not one thing. And I understand, you know, uh, uh, T.J. Watt was covering Hollywood Brown on a wheel route out of the backfield. Man, Hollywood Brown was four yards in front of T.J. T.J. was grabbing for dear life. It just so happened Robert Griffith III threw a ball that looked like he was throwing from the outfield in baseball to third base on a straight line drive. Patrick Mahomes is not missing that throw to Tyreek Hill. And so you've got to clean those little bitty things up, and Mike T. certainly knows that. Not going to fool me on this one. This game yesterday was an anomaly to me, Key. The Steelers, as I understand, 
the internal perspective from Mike Tomlin and your perspective, right? Because you're thinking about the Chiefs. How do we win the whole thing? The reality is this team hasn't played since November 22nd, right? A, a lot of their stuff has been in flux. And I, I can understand James Conner not being there, having the anxiety of are we going to play today? Are we going to play tomorrow? We, it, it just looked like they were out of sync. And I understand there are things for them to work on, but like there has to, that has to play into it a little bit. We still are talking about a team that is 11-0, correct? An undefeated team. Now, they've blown only three teams out this year. Only three teams out this year. Every other game has been somewhat close, and I understand how that can be used against them in the argument, but I also can make the other argument by saying this team knows how to win ugly. Now, that may not have been their best performance last night. Maybe we want to see them blow out teams like KC does, but I've also seen Kansas City play down to the level of their competition as well. So, yes, they are explosive, but they've also allowed teams to stay in ball games that shouldn't have stayed in ball games as well. So I, I, I hear what you're saying, but it's, yesterday's game isn't that big of an indictment on the Pittsburgh Steelers to me. It, it's not that big of an indictment, but when you take on a team that's basically missing Mark Ingram, uh, J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Lamar, Dobbins Jackson. Lamar, Lamar Jackson, and a host of other players, and you put that type of performance out on tape, it does not serve you well. Okay, but key, there's some key. Your, your body is all about rhythm, like right? Like you get into your routine, you get into your rhythm. I know if I don't if I don't play in a game for a little bit, like in basketball, if I don't play in a game for like a week, I'm gonna be rusty. Like, let alone I, I, two weeks. I understand I understand what you're saying about a routine and rhythm and playing and all of those sort of things. It does not take you four quarters to get going. It does not take you four quarters to get going. Ben Roethlisberger was delivering the football. They were dropping it. They were dropping it. It has nothing to do. You, you, you're messing around with RG3 who hasn't stepped on the field as a starter since week 17 a year ago. And that happened to be against you. And, and so when you are struggling to put away a team that is less than, there's concern from the head coach, which should be. Because if that was any team that had a quarterback that could play, Pittsburgh would have lost that game. You know, and, and that's just the reality of it. They would have lost the game You're if right. they had anybody else. If they were playing Kansas City, man, that score would be 50 to, 50 to nothing probably. You're right. They were ravaged. Man. The opponent was ravaged. They couldn't handle Baltimore second and third string quarterbacks. One other note, Bud Dupree for the Steelers. We believe he has a – boy, does it ever. Eight sacks this season, and does it also hurt him financially? He's set to become a free agent oh. in the well, spring. Just, it, it just depends on what the medical looks like. Indeed, and they've also already lost Devin Bush to an ACL. So we'll see. They're perfect, but they've been able to do it with one hand tied Man, behind their back, Bush especially like it was on defense. A year, a year ago, yeah. yeah, just a few weeks ago. But yeah, those two guys on the shelf the rest of the way. Well, that's the last time they played was like a year ago. <laughs> it felt it like, like it, right? November 22nd <laughs> does feel like a year ago. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including Dominique Foxworth, who will join uh. us in moments, join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. <laughs> on the way, Neek <laughs> with a very interesting take, simply put, why he thinks the Steelers have to go perfect. No margin of error to win the Super Bowl. His rationale on the way... 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Let's welcome in Dominique Foxworth, ESPN NFL analyst and a writer for The Undefeated, and he joins us this morning Dom. on the Shell Pennzoil performance slide. Dom, indeed. Good morning, Fox. First things first, your biggest takeaway from the Steelers, closer than expected win over the Ravens. Pretty sloppy game yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I was impressed with the way the Ravens played. The Steelers keep finding a way to win, but it's weird because you walk away from every Steelers game feeling like, well, they always make the plays they need to make when they need to make them. But not all that impressed. Like, their defense is always impressive. But just as a team, it doesn't seem like an 11-0 an, an, an team. It seems like a team that uh, is going to win their division but isn't the prohibitive favorite in the AFC because we all know who that is. How important, Dominique, is it for the Steelers to get home field advantage and try and stay at 16 and 0? Although we know at the end some mathematical combinations can still keep them in that spot. Yeah, well, they. I think that they need to be 16-0 so that they can control whether they get the, the one bye because we all know that they changed their format this year from having two playoff rounds or two teams to get a first-round bye to one team getting a first-round bye. And I think the Steelers, without that first-round bye, I don't think they're good enough to win three games in a row to get themselves to the Super Bowl. So uh, I don't see Kansas City losing another game. And if the Steelers lose one, and then we have to figure out who has that first-round bye, I think it's much more difficult for them. Nick, as a former NFL PA president how do you feel the nfl has handled this situation for both teams well i mean it's been a collaborative process between the league and the pa and i think as long as you have people representing you which the players have in the pa it's hard to to uh really criticize the way things have gone because the players have agreed to this but we all know like the players don't have a ton of leverage Uh, you can't really afford to skip an entire year of your career if you're a big name player that's millions of dollars that you'll, ever, you'll never make back. And if you're a player who's trying to make a name for himself, if you skip a year, they're not having you back. Someone's got your roster spot and you won't get back. So the players don't have a ton of choice in this necessarily. We saw some guys opt out, mostly guys who had established careers and feel comfortable doing so. But it, it just feels to me that it's not nearly the same kind of uh, power imbalance that it is in college sports. But we know that the players don't really have a choice. You can't imagine – in the NFL, it's not like we're dealing with superstar athletes like we just heard the contract for LeBron James. He can do whatever he wants. But I'm not sure that there are many football players outside of a few quarterbacks that have the leverage and the financial stability to be able to just say, eh, I'll take this season off. Dominique Foxworth, uh, senior writer of The Undefeated, joining us here this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Dom, let me ask you this. You played in the league for a number of times. You've seen all sorts of different style quarterbacks, whether it was the Donovan McNabbs, the Michael Vicks, the Peyton Mannings of the world. There's a young man named Kylie Murray out in Arizona who has come onto the scene to a degree and taken it by storm up into the last several weeks. How would you defend Kyler Murray if you were playing against him in this day and age? 
Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's probably cheating to just say uh, do what Bill Belichick did, but that's the model, it seems like, to try to keep him in the pocket. And the thing about Kyler Murray is he's not a bad passer. You often get guys who uh, who have the athletic ability that he has or don't have the ability to throw accurately and throw um, outside breaking routes and deep balls. Like, he does all that well, but I think Bill Belichick did a good job of keeping him in the pocket, and I think that's where his height becomes a bit of a disadvantage. So, it's him being a shorter guy doesn't make it so he can't play in the league, but it does make it so some things for him are a lot more difficult. So keeping him in the pocket, forcing him to throw from that spot and trying to keep him from attacking you with his legs on third down is the best way to do it. But to be completely honest, as a defensive back, I don't care about none of that running stuff. I'm just going to try to stay with these receivers. Everybody up front, y'all going to have to figure out how to corral him. That's, that is, that's none of my business. So do you think that Seattle kind of cracked the code in Bill Belichick decided he was going to use some of the same principles that Seattle did against Kyler Murray? Well, I mean, I think Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, they're different quarterbacks, but they like present the same type of challenges. And I think there's no way to crack the code necessarily. I think it's incumbent on the coaches there to figure out what the next step is, because it's not that these guys are without um, passing ability. You need to find ways to put the defense in, in, uh, in difficult positions. So I would sprint Kyler Murray out, boot him, get him outside the pocket and make it so that you can't keep him in there. The play action and drop back that keeps Kyler Murray in the pocket, I think it, it plays into the hands of the defense. So they have to find ways to attack the defense. If it's pick routes and against man-to-man and find ways to attack them deep so that they can't use spies, they can't um, keep Kyler Murray in the pocket in that way. And if it's design runs that the quarterback, because we all know how the numbers game change, whether quarterback is in uh involved in the running game it's harder with a guy like Kyler Murray again because he's smaller and you are concerned about his injury risk in that situation but you have to do what you have to do speaking of cracking the code Doug Peterson in Philadelphia is trying to crack the quarterback code there as well between those oh, two what, what is what is your take on that whole QB situation Nick to me it feels like that they have an organizational issue there uh, obviously we've been all over how poorly Carson Wentz has played for the last, well, I was going to say last several weeks for this entire season. Um, but I think that it feels to me like there's some rift between the front office and the coaching staff there, especially when you put Jalen Hurts out there for one play. Like that reeks of passive aggressive. Like uh, the, the management in front office told Doug Peterson, you're going to play Jalen Hurts. And so he's like, all right, I'll play him for one play. Let him throw one pass and y'all take that. I played him. Like it just feels like there's some disconnect. And, uh, to have Doug Peterson out there running an offense that seems completely ineffective, the playmakers aren't making plays, and the offensive line is not passing Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has not gotten better. Like to me, just feels like there's a divide in the organization, and no one really knows the direction they want to head in. Nick, let's stay right there in the NFC East division. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones compared to head coach Mike McCarthy, who is three and eight at three and eight at the moment to Super Bowl champion head coach Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> who won two Super Bowls with the Cowboys, and it's early. What do you make of, of Jerry's comments in the comparison? Yeah, I mean, that's a nonsense comparison. Jerry Jones is obviously uh, – <laughs> it feels like he's been around the league long enough to know what he can say to get his name in the news and to get us talking about his team. Because anybody who would compare those two, I think that's absurd. Jerry Jones is not a just a football coach. He's like a, a team builder. They they took that nonsense organization back then when they had come off of, I think, one win. He built that organization. 
with all those guys that he went and found. And then he developed that draft board that people still use to this day for trading draft picks. Like Gary Jones was, or excuse me, Jimmy Johnson was an innovative coach who uh, I think a lot of people emulated. That's not Mike McCarthy. Like, I don't even understand that comparison. And then to, to have that comment on the heels of saying Ben DiNucci is the same thing as as having a, a scout team or, excuse me, a practice squad quarterback play or a practice squad receiver play quarterback. Like, it just seems like Jerry Jones, either he doesn't understand what football is anymore or he's just trolling us. How about that? Strong stuff from Dominique Foxworth, ESPN NFL analyst, writer for The Undefeated, who joins us this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. We're throwing this out here over the next three and a half hours. Nick, want to get your opinion on it. We'll get the fellows' opinion on it and everybody listening this morning, too, in just a second. Simply put, right now, the best running back, wide receiver combo in football. A lot of good ones. Which do you think yeah. is the best? Yeah, it's a hard one. There are a lot of good ones. I think I'm going to lean to Henry and Brown in Tennessee. A.J. Brown is a young guy, big, strong, fast guy. He was the, the other Ole Miss receiver next to D.K. Metcalf, and he's been a hell of a playmaker. And Derrick Henry is the running back that it seems nobody wants to or is able to tackle in the league right now. So that, I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% confident because all the other combos are going through my head that are really good also. No Camara, like, Michael Thomas? And Dalvin Cook. Yeah, Kamara Thomas is great, but, like, Thomas doesn't attack you deep, and that's the one thing that, like – Now I'm going to attack – now I'm going to attack you. <laughs> I knew it. I knew See, it. Was, I knew it now right I'm getting there. ready to attack you. <laughs> 146 catches, 13-yard average, <laughs> offensive player of the year. But never mind. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to let you do you. <laughs> no, I mean, they are they are great. We're we're splitting hairs right now. They are great. And Alvin Kamara, not to mention Alvin Kamara, I'll send it back to pass, catch, and run it. Like, I'm not going to be mad. I, I'm not expecting to have a terrible franchise if we have to build around those two guys. But, uh, I, I mean, big play is a big play. Somebody who's going who's gonna to take the roof off the defense is a little bit more concerning than uh, somebody who is going to move the change consistently. So, that that's a great combo. Lying again as a defensive back. Lying again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. These guys are used to jamming each other at the line of scrimmage, a DV and a wide receiver, Neek and Key, but uh, they're jamming each other on the radio this morning. That is Dominique's answer. Dominique, thanks for joining us this morning. No problem, fellas. Thanks, Neek. Okay. I wasn't jamming me at the line of scrimmage. What you mean? Oh, I saw what you did there, Zubin. I got to stick up for me, man. man. His face got stinky real quick. He was like, jam? Jam? Boy, please. Mm. (laughs) Okay, so that's. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't going to pick him up and move him to the side like that. Are you going to put him in your back pocket? That's it. Nick ain't even here to defend himself. I'm just, he watching and he here. <laughs> Come on, man. He can call back if he wants to. <laughs> Different definition of portable. So he just up. <laughs> <laughs> Press coverage. Oh, really? Boop. Thank you. So, I'm going to go down the field now. So that is Dominique's answer. He's going with the Titans duo. So we're asking everybody on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed and the call in line. Simply put, think about it for a second because it's not as easy as just coming up with the best QB. You've got to just put a little thought into it. The best running back wide receiver combo in football. Be a part of our nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football's back. So is your favorite Dr. Pepper loving college football town. Fansville, head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice cold 20 ounce Dr. Pepper today. 888-ESPN or hit us up on Key JNZ. Best running back wide receiver combo in the NFL. We would love to hear your thoughts. I want to get the thoughts of the fellas. I just 
want to mention, he did mention Derrick Henry and A.J. Derrick Henry is on track. People aren't talking about this because there's so much QB talk in the MVP conversation in general. There has not been a repeat rushing champion in about 13 or 14 years. LaDainian Tomlinson was the NFL's last repeat rushing champion. Derrick Henry is on track to do that well, for whatever that's worth. Key, your thoughts? I'm pretty sure I know where we're going here with the best running back wide receiver combo in football. Yeah, look, man, there, there's a ton of them, like Anik was saying. And you could take – I could take Kenyon Drake and Kyler Murray and say, okay, I like that if I'm an Arizona Cardinal fan. I could, I could certainly take A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. I could take Kamara, Kamara, and Michael Thomas. Um, you know, you can find – different ones you know if 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 Dak Prescott was playing and Zeke was having a good year you could point to those two I could look at Dalvin Cook and Jefferson Jefferson or Thielen it depends on which one I want to put into that slot so he's right about that but for my money Mm -hmm. yes for my money I'm going to go with my nephew Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints and uh and Alvin Kamara. The funny thing is, I love to hear defensive backs when they say, "Oh, he can't," you know, I, I, "he can't take the top off." He does what they ask him to do. When you catch 140 something passes, you're gonna die slowly playing against him. You're gonna die, and that's what you don't want to do. You don't want to get beat down. A guy runs a slant first down. You know it's coming. You can't stop it. Right. Oh, he's going to run around an out route on a 15-yard gain. He's running the end cut. He's running a deep crosser, 25-yard game. Oh, now we're in the red zone. I think I know what's coming, a fade. Boom, boom, bam. Oh, he ran a slant. Damn. That's more lethal to me. Okay, when you look at outside of Tyreek Hill and, and maybe a Will Fuller on a clean situation, it's not a whole lot of dudes that's just flat out out running you. DK Metcalf put... Uh, Darius Slay in the in the in the cooker the other night on the deep post. If he would have hit him a little more precise with the out, outside leverage and got inside of him, he'd have ran away from him clean. And, and so, when you start to look at certain receivers, you break down different skill sets. I'm taking a dude that's going to move the chains. And when I always talk about guys that move the chains, those are the ones that are, those are the ones that really make all the money. Outside of a few outliers of home run hitters, the home run hitters don't make the money. It's the possession so-called receivers that's the highest paid dudes at that position in the National Football League. I'm with you on the Michael Thomas-Alvin Kamara uh, combination. I I think maybe if you were to look at the numbers this year because Michael Thomas hasn't played a lot of games, even though I know that's not factoring into it, I can see how one could say, well, A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry are having better years number-wise. Uh, I also have to put – you have to put Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams in this conversation Aaron as well, Jones, right? Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, 900 yards uh, so far, averaging 12.3 yards uh, per reception. I mean, 74 receptions already for the year. Aaron Jones, 6 TD, 624 yeah, yards. They're right there at the top. They're well. there too. But, I, you know, so many people, when you start doing these combinations, you forget about an Aaron Jones, right? We just, yeah. I just – I totally – until you brought it up, I'm like, that's right, Aaron Jones and, and, and Devontae Adams. And I'm sure I'm missing a couple more that's out there. Let's get the thoughts from the fellas because they are providing a couple that you guys are missing. By the way, they always talk about OBJ and Jarvis Landry. 
How about AJ and DK playing together in Oxford, Mississippi? How in the world did anybody stop those two lining up together? Well, they paid a lot of money to get them to go to Oxford to begin with. <laughs> okay. Hey, it's a business all the way around. Hey, hey, hey. Hugh Freeze is on the way back. Okay. Oh, I, I, I <laughs> didn't oh. say no names. Zoom in. I just said they paid a lot of money allegedly. Don't put names to it. Allegedly, they paid a lot of money to get them to go to Oxford. And uh, speaking of Hugh, I just want to make sure my uh, cell phone has great battery. Okay, that's all right. Keyshawn Hugh, J. Will and Zubin presented no. by Progressive insurance Man, what the- oh gosh <laughs> that's not even an allegedly the cell phone happened i don't quoting- know anything <laughs> quoting home insurance just got easier with progressives home quote explorer quote and buy all online at progressive.com all of our guests on the shell Penzoil performance line. our you next got? guest hugh Fre- no. <laughs> <laughs> hugh freeze definitely not joining us this morning call, on the in, shell hugh, call in performance line hugh 888 say espn here we go simply put uh best wide receiver running back combo in the nfl you heard the fellas, Kamara and Michael Thomas, Dominique Foxworth going with the Titans dynamic duo. David in Delaware, you are on ESPN Radio. Thanks for calling in on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Best running back wide receiver duo in football is? Hey, good morning, guys. What's up, uh, man? Big fan. Hey, uh, what about Hilaire and Tyreek Hill? Mm. How about that? Hey, hey, so I, I, he's not, I, he's it, not there this He's not year. there yet. Um, and plus, they got Le'Veon Bell now, so it's kind of going to be mixing them in and out of there. If 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 he was a more consistent back, then yes, Tyreek Hill would be in there with a lair, but not not yet. I kind of feel like they're up and coming, right? Like I you know, even if I look at Kyler Murray, I mean, King and Drake, right, and DeAndre Hopkins, like one. they're on their way. I don't know if they're there yet, but they're on their way. Yeah, no, yeah. they they're on their way. Daryl in Georgia, you're on ESPN Radio. The best running back wide receiver combination in football is. Is uh, Jefferson and Cook in Minnesota, man? Those guys are beast mode, man. Yeah, they 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 are certainly putting in work. That is for sure. I mean, Jefferson, he he, your rookie of the year. That, that, that's my guy. That's your guy, Daryl. How about you, Key? Um, I think I got Justin Herbert, Herbert. right now, just because it, he's it, he's a quarterback and he has to. Learn how to play the, in the NFL where a receiver is a little easier for a guy like Jefferson who has a guy like Thielen and Rudolph and Cook and Cousins, veteran guys that he's playing with, and, and Mike Zimmer and Gary Kubiak. So Gary Kubiak's putting him in the positions to take advantage of the defense. It, it's a little easier, I think, for him, although he is phenomenal. It's just a little bit easier. Uh, and there, it's so funny about that, though, when things work out from for uh, Rick Spielman, a general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. He moved on from Stefan Diggs. He also hit on Jefferson, which cost him probably so far less than what Diggs is making. So he's got a guy to replace him and do some of the same things, and he's paying him less money. And Diggs benefits from being on a better team in Buffalo and still getting his money. It's kind of a win-win. You don't it's see that so often. It's a win-win in the NFL. Plus the storyline, I feel like for Justin Herbert, just after everything that happened to Tyra Taylor, to be mm-hmm. thrusted into that situation, don't point that needle at me. You get that needle away from me, Key. Uh, <laughs> I, I think just the, the way he's handled that. I mean, you got to give big kudos to him for that. And, and remember, it's Doctor J. So if anybody's going to be putting the needle, I'm giving you the, the needle. Way. It's the other way. Okay. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> White lab coat. Pen behind the ear. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Sport Clips. No, you got to have it in the pocket. Oh, good. Pen in the pocket. Yeah, behind the ear, I'm. you're probably more like a, a 
Like an engineer? Medical school still or something. <laughs> gotcha. You're not Dr. Redfield no, or Fauci just yet. No, the medical no. school sounds like the doctor actually gave the needle to Tyra Teller. But anyway, we'll And I need on. to see a little graze on the side. Right, right. Little experience, little age there on the temples. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Sport Clips. Remember being at Sport Clips, just waiting for that great MVP haircut experience. How about making that wait time even shorter? Now with on-deck text alerts, get a 15-minute heads up when it's time to head in. And another text alert when you're next in line. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. Next in line to tell us who the best running back wide receiver combination in football is, is Ernest in Nashville, and he is on ESPN Radio. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? What's up, up man? Ernest? What's happening? What's up? Where's the energy, go. Ernest? Let's okay. go, baby. All right, good deal. I hope you're a little warmer today, Keyshawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't as cold. It was cold. wasn't as cold today because the wind, I think, kind of slowed down. There you go. I am... Um, I think the best combo right now, you got to look out for Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. He, he's going to run around. They, they finally get to him. He's going to throw it up. You see it, and it's hard to stop those two. Cool, yeah, that's a we, great we, point. But we were talking about running back right. and wide receiver combination, right? It's so still a still good combo. DeAndre Hopkins and King and Drake. I, no, yeah. that's, a, that, with, that's a great that's combination. That's a good combination. I just – I like traditional running back offenses where I got a full back in front. I can bring a tight end in front. One back sets with nothing in front of you. I mean, there's only so much, so many run plays that you can get out of that. Indeed. Dennis in South Carolina, we can't get to you. We're up against it, but I want to make sure your mention is notated. Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry. Thank you, Dennis, for the call. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, quick thought on that? Not yet. Not yet. Not Too yet. early. If OBJ no, they're, both, were there. they're both good, but not up against those guys. Speaking of good, could LeBron do something that Michael never did? That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.